The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you were the Son of God, commanded these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you were the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give to you, if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. He goes by many names, sometimes known as Beelzebub. Other times as Modius, the ancient serpent, the evil one, the tempter, Lucifer, Satan, old scratch, or just simply the devil. No matter what we call him, the simple fact is that he is real and he hates us. He's real and he hates us. We see it all through the course of the scriptures that we hear today. And we hear the ways in which he acts. The ways in which he works and tries to pull us away from the grace of Jesus Christ. To separate us from our God. We see that he is a liar. That he's an accuser. A source of division. That he's smart. But he's not very creative. We see that he comes and he tries ultimately, and is successful, to separate us from God. He goes to Adam and Eve, and with the lies of his mouth, accuses God of falsehood. Surely you won't die, he says. A lie, straight from the father of lies. And yet, Adam and Eve believe. They listen to his words. And as they do, they're separated from God. And if it was easy for Adam and Eve to have fallen, they who walked with God in the garden, who had a perfect union with the Lord until that point, how much easier is it for us? Us who have already been tainted by sin, on account of the original sin we inherited from Adam and Eve themselves. And the devil knows that. 
And he tries to attack us. The devil comes to every single one of us with certain tactics that he desires to use, much in imitation of what the ways that he attacks Adam and Eve, and even our Lord Jesus. Again, he's very smart. Does it surprise you that the devil knows the scriptures? It shouldn't. He's one of the brightest of the angels who has fallen from heaven. He knows the word of God. He knows the truth. And he takes the truth and he twists it just a bit. Such that we think that everything that we do, that we follow is good and true and holy and beautiful. And yet, so often the devil uses those good things, those true things, those beautiful things, those holy things. And he changes it just enough that it pulls us off course. It seems to be the same. Jesus, you're hungry. And you have the power to change stones into bread. There's no one here, Jesus. You're not showing off. No one will know. But you can do it. Go ahead, Jesus. Turn it into bread. There's a truth. He acknowledges the fact that Jesus has the power, that Jesus has the authority, that Jesus has the right intentions. He acknowledges all of those things. And yet, the little tweak, just turn away from the will of God a little. Much the same, the story of how he goes up on the parapet of the temple and the, and the high mountain. He says, all these kingdoms can belong to you, and they rightly do. Just bow down and worship me. Again, a good starting point, but then the twist. The angels will watch over you, Jesus. They won't let you fall. The angels will care for you. Just jump off the temple and show everyone that you are Jesus, that you are God. Tell them who you are. A temptation, certainly. And he acknowledges the truth, that the angels will watch over him, that he is the Lord, and that the people need to see miraculous things to understand. But again, that little twist that brings it away from the will of the Father. He's smart. Anyone who's an avid fisherman knows that there are certain fish that like certain baits. There are certain times when the fish are biting and when they're not. There are certain weather, there are certain waves, there are certain things that we can tell about the water that we can understand that now is the time to go or now is the time to stay home. And the devil loves to fish for men too. He knows the bait we like. He knows the times in the season when we easily fall. When we'll take the bait without even hesitating. He knows all of these things about every single one of us. Not because he reads our minds, but because he knows it so easily and so well. We know that if you try one bait and the fish don't bite, then you try another one and they do. That's their preference. And it's exactly as the devil does with us. He throws out one temptation. If it doesn't work, he throws out another. And if that one doesn't work, another. He's been doing it for thousands of years. With great success. There's this reality that the evil one has come among us. And it's easy for us to simply 
shrug it off. To shrug off those little temptations that we fall to or those little ways that we allow ourselves to listen to the voice of the evil one. As if it's not a big deal. And yet it is. Because above all of these things, above the fact that the devil is a liar, that he's an accuser, that he's a source of division, that he's smart and a tempter, and he's not creative, that he takes the things of God and he twists them to his own will, above all of these things, the devil is hungry. Do you know that? The devil is hungry. And he doesn't want food. He wants you and he wants me. He's hungry because all of the things that we can receive, he cannot. And he wants first to be able to deprive us of them so we wind up in the same state as him. And secondly, he wants to consume us as a way of being able to get as close as he can to the things which he cannot himself receive. In the first letter of St. Peter, in talking to the community, he says, Your opponent, the devil, is prowling like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's hungry. In Revelation, we see a similar story, except rather than a lion, he becomes the ancient dragon, the serpent. Revelation 12 recounts the story of how we see in the heavens a woman crowned with the stars, clothed in the heavens, a sign of Our Lady, a sign of the church. And this woman bears a son, Jesus. And the devil tries to consume him, but he fails. He tries to kill him, but he's not victorious because Christ reroutes the temptations and he ultimately has victory over death in the grave. And we see the entry of St. Michael the Archangel and how Michael fights against Satan, the evil one, and the other army of fallen angels who are along with him, the other demons. And he casts them out of heaven. Michael, who is powerful with God, Cast out the fallen angels. And the response is, rejoice you heavens and you that dwell therein, all you saints and angels. Because the devil, your accuser, has been cast out. But the next line is, woe to you who are on earth. Because the dragon continues to seek out to consume the children of the woman. The children of the church. The children of Mary. You and me. And so the devil wants to consume us. Why? Because of what we can receive. Think about it. He wants to keep us from God because he himself cannot go into the presence of God. The darkness necessarily is cast out by the light. And we can experience the goodness that is God himself. And he wants to deprive us of that. The devil has been perpetually cast out of heaven, but we ourselves are destined for it if we're willing to follow the way of the cross with our Lord Jesus. And so he seeks to deprive us of the heavenly glory. We can receive the Eucharist, the flesh of God, and be united with our Lord perfectly in Holy Communion. And the devil, because he has no body, cannot that desire in everything that a God has ever created was for union with him. And so it pains the devil every moment of the day 
that he cannot have that union anymore. He's angry because we have confession. The fall of the angels was a one-time perpetual choice. They were shown the fullness of the revelation of God and said, choose, serve or not. And the devil said, non serviam, I will not serve. He chose to go against God. And so his choice was perpetual. He can't repent. He can't change. He can't be converted. But we can. A thousand times over we can fall into sin and a thousand times over we can go to the confessional and find the grace of Christ there to receive us and to reconcile us once more. And the devil wants to take that from us. And lastly, he wants to take from us our peace. The devil can never know peace. And we were created for it in this life and in the next. And so he does everything in his power, everything, to steal our peace here and now and to steal our peace in the next life. St. John Vianney described the devil as the grappin. The grappin. It's a word that means in the French to grapple, to wrestle with, like a grappling hook in a sense. And there's this invitation that he invites, invites us to reflect upon that reality of the grappin as one who tries to wrestle us from the arms of God, who tries to pull us away from Christ by whatever means necessary, whether by temptations, whether by attacks, by intimidation, by lies. No matter what he has to do, his one goal is to consume us in himself, and to take us from Christ. But the thing is, if we stay close to the heart of Jesus, if we continue to go and to flee to Jesus in those moments where we feel attacked, we will always be safe. We have absolutely nothing to fear. The devil has already been conquered by Christ. He's simply trying to bring down as many souls as he can with him. But if we stay close to Christ, we have victory. We have peace. We have reconciliation. We have the Eucharist. We have God in heaven. We need only cling to Christ. To imitate Christ. And to do the things that contradict the devil himself. Jesus shows us the path today in the, in the, the uh, temptations that he goes against. And those temptations, the ways in which the Lord responds of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. And he invites us to fight against the devil in the exact same ways. To give alms. To give ourselves entirely to God. Holding nothing back. To give ourselves to be instruments of peace and of unity in the world. Instruments of charity in the hands of Christ. To give generously counting not cost. To be able to fast from those things which the devil is the best at. To fast from lying and anger. To fast from sowing seeds of division and judgments and jealousies. To be able to pray. To come to Mass. To bend our knees at the most holy name of Jesus. To receive Him in Holy Communion, in joy and in peace. 
to be reconciled as needs be with the grace of God and reconciliation. To live a life of prayer that unites us in a profound way to God here and now. And to the extent that we do these things, we have absolutely nothing to fear. Absolutely nothing. One other intercessor that we can invoke in our times of battle, in those moments where we may feel a bit of the temptation, a bit of that inclination to sin, where we hear that little whisper of the lie that so often comes to our ears, whenever all those things that the devil does seem to be happening around us and within us, I invite you to offer a prayer. And the prayer is the St. Michael prayer. Remember, St. Michael has already cast the devil out of heaven, and he continues to battle with us, here and now, and the battleground is our heart, to cast out the evil one there too. Anytime you have anything that is less than peaceful, less than God, pray the prayer to St. Michael. If you don't know it, learn it, and use it often. Begin it as the starting point of your day, and in the end, And don't be afraid to use it all throughout. To cast out the evil one. And to let Christ bring peace. And so I invite you to pray with me that holy prayer. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls.